Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder, 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at IamClovis.com. Head over to IamClovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code Perfect podcast, all one word, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Perfect podcast, all one word. Apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order. Just visit IamClovis.com to grab this special deal. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Seventy-seven. Ask me anything number 77. That's a lot of weeks, right? I think so. Yeah, pretty sure it's 77. I hope I got that right. We'll say, hey, man, number 77. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Hey, Judy, welcome. Your streak continues. Congratulations. That's awesome. What's up, Jen? How you doing? We can't speak right now. Hmm? Let me get some water, everybody. All right, so AMA number 77. This one is kind of going to be a free-for-all type thing here. There's a couple of questions that came in that I'm going to answer. Um, and then pretty much I'm just going to go with some live questions. So hopefully you guys have some stuff that you want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, thank you for clicking the like button. I appreciate that. Click the like button. Click the happy button, the smiley button, the wow face button. Whatever emotion you may be feeling, there is no wrong emotion whilst watching a Clovis ask me anything. Everybody, you can feel however you want to feel. I'm feeling pretty good today. I don't know about you guys, because there is a ton going on with Clovis behind the scenes that you guys are going to absolutely love. A lot of things coming up. I'm working on new eBooks. I'm working on new programs, like legit new full-blown programs that you can be a part of. Um, I'm working on a new membership website. So if you are a member of I Am Clovis, your membership site is going to get a full-blown just overhaul, really. Like I'm going to overhaul the entire website. Um, it'll be a little easier to navigate. It'll give you a little bit better instructions on how to flow through the entire process of the I Am Clovis membership section because right now the membership website is kind of like, hey, here's a giant library with a ton of stuff. Go look at it. You know what I mean? And there's there's videos in the beginning of each content inside of uh, each of the content sections inside of I Am Clovis. So I'll teach you like, hey, you've reached the recommended fitness section. Here's what we talk about in the recommended fitness section. Here's how to utilize the recommended fitness section. Here's what I recommend you do, blah, blah, blah. Or here's the exclusive discount section where I have, God, it's got to be 30 brands right now that I have uh, discounts on that you guys can get discounts as a member of I Am Clovis. So the, the membership platform is robust. I just think it could be a little bit easier to flow through, if that makes sense. Like kind of like a, hey guys, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. So um, some new programs are, are gonna be launched 
relatively shortly. I think this this program I was working on today um, literally spent all of today building out this thing. Um, I think I could get up and running probably like within within a couple of weeks. So I'll have this new program launched, which will be really cool. Um, working on things like um, we're going to talk about this in one of the questions, but working on the improved products list, getting that updated. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, new podcasts are coming out with um, some really cool guests that I have lined up from the trip I took in Croatia. So that's just kind of a... Uh, little summary of what's going on with Clovis. I was super busy today. Um, PETA is coming into town this weekend, which would be really cool. I get to see my fighter. Awesome. Spend some time with her. Spend some time with Lynn. It's going to be awesome. I love them. They're my people. And then next week, if you guys are not um, uh, aware of this, if you haven't listened to the Lunch Lady episode, if you go to Clovis.show slash Lunch Lady, Clovis.show slash Lunch Lady, that's the podcast I did with Hillary Boyton about farm-to-table school lunch programs. And Hillary runs a farm-to-table school lunch program and is training other people from all around the world to basically adopt this farm-to-table school lunch program the same way that one would adopt like a franchise. Like if you open a McDonald's in California, it's quite similar to a McDonald's in Rhode Island, right? Even though they're so far away. What we're trying to do is really build a sustainable model for bringing farm-to-table school lunches into as many schools as possible across America. So that's why I'm part of this mission. I'm trying to help her do that, um, trying to help her fund studies and do these things with the kids, blood glucose monitors and all that. But anyway, next week is her five-day intensive. It's called the Lunch Leader Academy five-day intensive. So they're actually bringing everyone to a retreat location in Topanga, California, and she's going to do a five-day intensive where she just teaches these lunch leaders how to create a farm-to-table school lunch program in their school system. So if you're interested in that, um, there's still time. Just give me a shout. Uh, just at iamclovis.com. Let me know. I can put you in direct touch with Hillary. Um, see if we can get you out there next week. I will be there next week. It looks like I'm going to be there probably Thursday through Saturday of next week. So I'll probably end up doing a normal AMA next week on Wednesday night, just as I normally would. I'll fly out to California Thursday, probably spend Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe longer in California. I'm not sure yet. Um, but Friday will be a big day where we're going to have a lot of important people there for some some huge brands like Bulletproof and Primal and Dexcom and all these companies. And I will be finishing that day of events as the speaker. So I want to get up there and speak about childhood nutrition and why it's so important, um, why I am backing this farm to table school lunch program so significantly and really putting a lot of uh, Clovis funds into this because I believe in it wholeheartedly. So that's going to be super cool. So other than that, that's just kind of a catch up on what's going on with um, with Clovis right now. Super fun stuff. Let's dive into AMA number 77. So I was going through some, some questions. As you guys know, I like to um, get the questions ahead of time and just kind of weave them into a episode that makes sense for you guys, right? So first things first, I thought this was pretty cool and we can go a little bit deep with this one. You guys can ask me more questions if you want to. So if, if you're here in the live video, don't be afraid to chime in, ask me questions. Let's make this like a full um, two-way conversation. I want this to be a two-way conversation just because um, this is not a full-blown presentation with the whiteboard and all that, but I'll probably do a whiteboard presentation next week because there's some stuff I want to talk about, namely insulin, glucose, and um, type 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 2 diabetes as a whole, which really encompasses, I want to talk about metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, the early stages of insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, because I'm getting a lot more clients that suffer from this. So I want to talk about that in a significant way with a full-blown uh, presentation AMA for you guys. So that'll probably be next week, next Wednesday. Okay. So let's dive in. The first question that I want to address this evening says, this week, I noticed a lot of people talking about cooking tips and tricks. Many of them have mentioned cooking in aluminum foil, plastic, and silicone. I am super freaky about this because I feel it leaches into our foods. We are trying so hard to eat clean. Why would we want to let these toxins into our clean food? What say you, Justin? Okay, so she makes a super valid point here. Um, actually, I say she, but I don't think I know who wrote this. Could be a dude. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're, they, they make a solid point here because they're absolutely right. A lot of things that we put food inside of and then cook with absolutely leaches into your food. One of those, like she mentioned, being aluminum. Aluminum can be incredibly problematic. Um, the issue is it all kind of comes down to what temperatures you're cooking at. Now, uh, I'll be honest, I don't know what temperature would be considered safe for aluminum. I don't personally cook with aluminum. Um, for that reason, just because I really don't feel like I know. And I think a lot of times when people say things are safe, when the government says things are safe, this level of such and such at this temperature is safe. 
I don't really buy that stuff. Um, I kind of just try to avoid toxins at all costs. I try to avoid uh, any kind of toxic chemicals in my house in whatever way that I can. Um, so that's interesting. It can be a little bit tricky sometimes. Um, but in terms of aluminum, where I see people going wrong, first and foremost, the biggest offender is probably the grill. So it's summertime, right? A lot of people grill out. Um, a lot of people take things like vegetables, sweet potatoes, um, corn, not that we eat corn here at Clovis, but a lot of people do this while grilling out in summertime. They'll take a lot of these things and wrap them in aluminum foil and throw them on the grill and then close the grill cover. And I mean, you've got that grill, a lot of times you're talking about temperatures between five and 600 degrees, like just incredibly high temperatures. That aluminum is absolutely leaching into your food, 100%. So I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. At the end of this section, I'm just going to kind of talk about what you can do. But yeah, I mean, aluminum will probably leach in a relatively significant way if you're just wrapping food in it and then cooking at an extremely high temperature. Aluminum, I would guess, would get in the food on a molecular level. Level it up, molecular level. So it's not just aluminum either because we also have to talk about things like phthalates. Like these are plastics. These are like phthalates are, are put in different types of plastics used for storage containers and all these different things, which is where we're under the problem of like, I once wrote an article about microwaves. Like is your microwave slowly killing you? Um, I forget. I think the name of the title, the title of the article was actually um, your microwave is slowly killing you or not or something like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I went down a rabbit hole of microwaves and how bad are microwaves actually for you, and we don't really know. We don't really have a lot of data one way or the other, so it's probably beneficial to err on the side of caution here and just think about what's truly problematic about the microwave. Now, we could argue about standing in front of your microwave while it cooks and what that does to your skull. Um, we could also talk about cooking foods in the microwave versus just reheating things. For example, if your coffee gets cold and you nuke it for 25 seconds, that's probably different than cooking a sweet potato for five minutes or cooking or defrosting beef or something like that in the microwave. I don't recommend cooking in your microwave ever. Like if you heat up your, your coffee every now and then, probably not gonna kill you, right? But the issue comes with these phthalates, these plastics. So you'll see a lot of things sold in the grocery store, like steamable veggies, right? Um, they'll have perfectly fine, like organic steamed veggies and they, I mean, organic veggies, and then they put them in a steam bag and say, throw this in your microwave. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. Like, even if I'm cooking organic frozen vegetables that come in a bag that says like steam bag, you can still buy the steam bag, tear the thing open, use a steam basket with a pot and water, old school, and cook your vegetables normally without melting plastic on them. That's just not very bright, right? So yes, aluminum leaches. Yes, plastic leaches. The other thing is we talk about things like BPA-free, right? So I've talked about Anthony Jay's book, Estrogeneration, a lot because um, we talk about these estrogenics, these estrogen-mimicking compounds that just wreak havoc in the body, right? BPA-free does not mean, for instance, BPS-free. Like, BPS is a completely different chemical than BPA, but it's molecularly similar and can work the same way in the body, but you could technically have a plastic labeled as BPA-free to make you feel all warm and fuzzy, but it actually has these chemicals called BPS that can also leach into your food and all these things. So on top of the steamable bags, now you're dealing with Tupperware. This is why I tell people to get like glass Pyrex Tupperware. That's what you really want. Glass Pyrex Tupperware also often comes with plastic lids. So you probably want to, if you're gonna microwave, just microwave in Pyrex glassware without that plastic lid on top. Just take the lid off and microwave it, right? If you're going to microwave just to reheat things. So I would recommend glass for storing food um, because these 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 phthalates are really nasty, man. They, they're, they're bad for all sorts of stuff. I mean, birth defects and even like asthma and stuff just coming from these phthalates. Now, the thing is, the interesting thing in America is that phthalates were actually banned, um, for those of you that are moms and dads, right? Phthalates were actually banned from being in things that kids put in their mouth. Up until recently, I can't remember when that law actually happened, but it used to be legal to have like these phthalates and different um, toxic chemicals in these plastics in like teething rings and stuff, things that like babies would chew on. So now they've been smart enough to remove these toxic chemicals from things that go in babies' mouths, but why would they not just blanket statement do that like for all plastics, right? It's never gonna happen. It, it, you'd have to like remove 
the vast majority of like all items in the grocery store stored in plastic would have to be taken off the shelves, everything from soda to baby formula to anything in between, right? All stored in these plastics. Now, Anthony J does say in the book, Extra Generation, that if you're going to get plastics, you want to check that little, um, <laughs> I literally just thought about turning this upside down, which wouldn't have been a nightmare. And this is glass anyway, so it wouldn't have proven the same point. But anyway, um, if you just turn a container upside down and you look for that like recycling code, maybe like the recycling symbol that has a number inside of it. Um, so as according to Anthony J, who's more researched on this than anybody I've ever seen in the industry, he just says, do not buy anything plastic that does, is not the number two, four, or five. That's it number two, number four, or number five. So if you have a plastic anywhere in your house that is a recycling code or digit that is not two, four, or five, that probably has some stuff inside of the plastic that you don't want in your body. So be very careful with that, particularly if it comes to like storing food or reheating foods or anything like that because these phthalates are really, really nasty. Now, that said, this also goes for cooking ware, okay? So we need to talk about that. Like for instance, um, I have pretty high iron levels and a lot of people on high protein diets end up with high iron levels. So even something like a cast iron skillet can leach some amount of iron into your food. So I have high iron. Uh, my cast iron may be contributing to my high iron levels. I don't really know. Um, I haven't really done the proper experimentation or elimination um, reintroduction to know if my pan is having a significant impact on my iron levels. Um, but I still think cast iron is far safer than like these non-stick pans. So a lot of people will use these non-stick pans and then a lot of people in the US are using non-stick pans, heating them up way too high and then still spraying like spray can canola oil on them, which is like, you are just, this is like cancer, a cancer combo that you don't want to mess with, right? Now, the other option here, and probably the best option, is Extrema, which is X-T-R-E-M-A. Extrema, Extrema, not exactly sure how to say it, but this is ceramic cookware. I thought somebody was pulling in my driveway. Um, this is ceramic cookware. Now, this is probably the safest. This is a little tough because ceramic cookware is very expensive. A single pan, like a 12-inch skillet, can cost you over $200. Um, it's quite fragile. You need to uh, heat it up very slowly. You don't really want to just throw it on a super high heat um, you know, burner on your stove or something like that. Uh, if you go from high heat to low heat, like if you just cooked with it and you make the mistake of pouring cold water over it, you can crack it. Um, so it's quite fragile, but it's super safe. I would say the safest cookware I can recommend is Extrema's uh, ceramic cookware. Extrema, Extrema, I don't know how to say it, everybody. Sorry. Um, probably Extrema, maybe. Extrema cookware, the ceramic cookware. I've talked about getting him on my podcast. I do have a partnership set up with him. So if you're a member of I Am Clovis, you actually do get a discount on Extrema ceramic cookware. And Extrema cookware is is pricey. So it's like you buy a couple of pans or one pan, like your Clovis membership will probably pay for itself for two months just from the money that you saved on that one purchase. So if you really, really want to be totally meticulous about this, um, I would say just never cook anything in plastic. Um, use Pyrex storage containers, Pyrex glass storage, storage containers. Cook with Extrema ceramic cookware. Um, do not cook in anything plastic. Do not cook in anything in aluminum foil. These things will leach into your food. But ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, if you are eating Clovis, right, you are lowering your risk for just about everything all-cause mortality. Not a doctor. Don't play one on the internet. That's not medical advice. But really, let's think about it, right? These things are problematic because a lot of times we're talking about them disrupting your hormonal balance or even leading to things like cancer, like these things being carcinogens, right? So the number one thing that you want to do with your nutrition, your health, wellness, your entire lifestyle is do whatever you can preventatively to stop those diseases from happening, right? So if you are eating McDonald's twice a day and you're 150 pounds overweight and then you're trying to get healthy and throw in you know, steamable vegetable bags in the microwave and cooking things in aluminum foil and storage everything, storing everything in plastic and blah, blah, blah. You're going to be at a way higher risk of that having a hugely negative impact on you. It's just compounding things on compounding stressors on top of the body, right? Um, I don't worry that much. Like if I'm at a restaurant one day and I eat something that was cooked in aluminum foil or something like that. And day to day, you don't want to do these things, do these habits every day. Why do them every day when they're pretty easy to avoid? Like I don't use anything like that. 
The only thing I use in my house is a cast iron skillet. I use a pot with a stainless steel steam basket. If I'm cooking vegetables, I occasionally use an instant pot. Um, and then I use, you know, my electric tea kettle when I'm brewing coffee and I brew my coffee in a glass French press, you know? So it's like, this is really a non-issue for me. Um, but I do buy vegetables. If I buy vegetables, I'm going to tear them open and cook them in a steam basket. Long story short, everybody. Yeah. This person who wrote in with this question is totally right. Um, you don't want to eat these things. And the other thing is I'm currently working on, I did an AMA called Everything in Your House is Killing You. And when I did the Everything in Your House is Killing You AMA, uh, God, over a year ago now, um, I launched an approved products ebook. And a lot of information is coming out all the time of even these products that claim that they're non-toxic or safe toxic, chemical-free, whatever, um, sometimes these companies are getting busted just being like full of crap, right? So um, I do have some work being done right now to update the approved products ebook. So um, if you want the approved products ebook here, I'm gonna grab a link for it. Um, the way that I do all of my ebooks is, as you guys know, if you bought the Perfect Paleo Cookbook, the Perfect Paleo Cookbook was updated like six times after I created it. But anytime I update a cookbook that you've already purchased, not a cookbook, I'm sorry, anytime I update an ebook that you've already purchased, you get an automatic email update and it just pushes out the new version to you. So um, just put that link there. That is for the approved products ebook. Grab the approved products ebook. It's a great place to start. Um, probably not perfect, probably needs to be updated. So I'd like you to, if you grab that approved products book, just know that when this, probably within the next two weeks, when that approved products book is updated and launched, you're just gonna get the automatic update. So you pay once and then anytime it's updated in the future, you have it forever. That's the beauty of digital, right? Not doing a print book is I can literally update this thing in real time as I change it. Um, Jackie, any idea how early humans started heating food when we started doing that seems so hard. Yeah, um, so here's the thing, Jackie, this is what's crazy. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions um, surrounding this because I would be willing to bet that we didn't cook food all that often. Um, this is going to be controversial. This is controversial. Guys like my good buddy Paul Saladino have started hashtag uh, raw liver gang. There's a lot of carnivores in the space right now that are eating foods raw. And um, I don't know how I feel about it yet. But I have eaten raw liver. I will tell you that. I have done the raw liver challenge, raw liver gang thing just to be silly on Instagram. I did it one day and just took a big hunk of raw liver and put it in my mouth and swallowed it and I was totally fine. Um, Paul is now eating raw ribeyes on his Instagram. Makes even me feel a little bit weird and it's very tough to make me feel weird. Um, and Paul is now a good friend. We talk re very regularly, probably at least every other day. Um, I talk to him all the time and he's a brilliant, sharp guy. He's not going to put himself in any danger. So here's the thing. I also have buddies who are hunters who are quite spiritual. Um, a lot of people don't understand that, but a lot of hunters are very, very in touch with nature, probably more so than the yogi vegans who think they're in touch with nature and have never actually killed anything. Um, but there's a lot of hunters who are like quite spiritual, quite in tune with nature. And these guys will kill an animal and on site, cut the heart out and eat the heart. Um, yeah, so I guess this is just a, a roundabout way of me kind of ranting saying that I'm not convinced that we were cooking ribeyes to well done or medium or even medium rare over a campfire as paleolithic hunter gatherers. I have a feeling that we were just cutting things open and eating them. I also know that I, I met a guy in Croatia who is quite an interesting guy. Maybe I'll get him on the podcast at some point. But he's brilliant. He's a has a PhD in neuroscientist, I believe, uh, neuroscience, I believe. He's a neuroscientist. He has multiple PhDs. He builds artificial intelligence and has also lived with like something like 60 indigenous tribes all around the world. Has lived just like an indigenous person, literally like loincloth, living amongst them, hunting with them and everything. And he even talks about how when they kill an animal and they gut it, a lot of the children will come around and they play in the guts. Um, this is gonna annoy a lot of people or bug a lot of people. But he literally described for me in great detail these kids like basically playing tug of war with animal intestines and being like covered in blood and ripping open the stomach to see what's inside of the stomach and taking bites of things and their face is covered in blood and their hands are covered in blood and nobody cares. No parents prevent this from happening. Their microbiome is super strong. Their gut microbiome, their skin microbiome is super strong. These, these kids are just made of – they're basically invincible, right? 
but we are so over sanitized, so terrified of food poisoning and all these things because like, for instance, like E. coli, I just did this, um, um, episode with Tina Anderson on gut health. There's a lot of things like H. pylori and E. coli and all these things that just exist naturally in your system. We're so afraid of these bacteria that we have it in our heads, like food safety. If you ever ever worked in a restaurant, it's like food safety and they have the thing on the wall and scale of one to 10, what is the food safety record of this establishment? I really don't think that we were cooking meat to the extent that people think we were cooking it. And they certainly probably weren't cooking vegetables. I mean, I know they, they would sun dry things. They have a lot of different methods of doing things that ancestral methods of food preparation that we don't use today. But to answer your question in a super long way, I'm quite long-winded everybody, you know this. Um, yeah, I just don't know how much we were cooking medium well steaks or anything like that. Um, I don't know exactly when fire started and cooking foods and heating foods and all that, but I think a lot of people were eating a lot of raw stuff and I think a lot of people are eating raw right now. There are raw carnivores that have been raw carnivores for years. Obviously the vegan movement, there's a raw vegan movement that's been doing that for a long time. I really don't know the extent or the history of cooking food on an open flame, nor do I know that we can really accurately determine that. There's a whole lot we don't know from the Paleolithic era, right? So anyway, long story short, I don't know. I don't know about the cooking thing. I wish I knew more about it. Be interesting to uh, look into. Cameron, hmm, interesting, raw liver, huh? I might try that. Why not, dude? Do it. You know, my dad did it the other day. He was like, <laughs> I was laughing because my dad said, I tried that raw liver thing, really didn't like it. And I was like, well, what did you do? He's like, I just put a big hunk of raw liver in my mouth and just started chewing it. And it wasn't very good. He's like, then I ate a few more bites and was chewing that. And I was like, man, this really is a good, <laughs> I, was, I was like, dad, I give you credit, man, because I didn't do that. I just took a big hunk of liver and liver is slimy and mushy. And I just put the liver in my mouth and took a sip of water and swallowed the raw liver. That's how I did it when I did raw liver, right? But all that to say, I don't know how much they were cooking food in like caveman paleolithic times, but probably a lot less than we think. And I know a lot of people who have eaten a lot of raw meat. Okay. What else we got here? Okay. This one was interesting. This says, how can we create HGH internally, human growth hormone? How do you know if you're producing more testosterone or estrogen? So I chose this one because I just had a video consult about this. As you guys know, I offer private one-on-one -on -one video consulting. Go to IamClovis.com, get yourself a one-hour video consult for $97, and we will talk about all things. It's pretty cool. I get to go deep with you. You get a recording of the video. It's me and you on video one-on-one -on -one together. You get a recording of the video. You get a full email update with me after the fact. So everything that we discuss is broken down for you in bullet points. If I mention books, I give you links to books. If I mention fitness programs, you get linked to fitness programs, podcasts, supplements, what Ever we determine that you need, I give you a full uh, email follow-up and you get the answers to all your questions and then you get access to that video forever. So I'll upload the video to Google Drive. You can download it to your machine. You can relive our video consult over and over and over as much as you'd like. So if you want a video consult, just let me know. We can get you set up with that. Um, actually, you know what? I'll get a link to this while I talk about this. So long story short, what we had talked about in this in this episode, well, not episode, in this video consult was, can you increase things like testosterone naturally? Or do you need like a, what would be called like HRT, like hormone replacement therapy? Do you need hormone replacement therapy? Or can you make these things boost naturally? And the answer is, you can absolutely boost something like testosterone naturally. There you go. There is a link to my coaching so you can check that out if you want to purchase an hour of video consult coaching. So yes, you can increase testosterone. Long story short, you can increase testosterone one, namely by removing hormone disruptors and letting your body do its own thing. But a lot of people are pretty broken. There's like this epidemic of young men with very low testosterone. Division, Division one college athletes are having huge problems with testosterone right now. Um, military having a huge problem with low testosterone in young men. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. I think electronics are partly to blame. I think nutrition is partly to blame. I think phthalates and all the different plastics and leaching things and deodorant shampoos and cologne and all this stuff, all these estrogenic, estrogenics, right? Spiking estrogen in men, lowering testosterone. Here's the thing about increasing testosterone naturally through diet is if you have a conventional medicine doctor like a PCP, they're gonna hate you for it. Why? Because... 
The diet that would increase your testosterone the most or increase something like growth hormone the most is going to be a diet that a conventional medical doctor would hate because it's going to be literally just a boatload of protein and a boatload of animal fat, which would mean saturated fat. So as we know, these hormones, particularly sex steroid hormones, are synthesized with precursors of cholesterol. Like cholesterol is a precursor to all of these hormones, right? I talked about this in hormones finding the balance, like the upstream downstream effects. So I've joked about this before, but if like you want to have a really hot date tomorrow, then tonight you should eat like a dozen whole eggs and eat a 10 ounce grass-fed ribeye with some grass-fed butter melted on top of it and eat a fistful of almonds and all these different things, right? Just to get like selenium in your system and a whole bunch of cholesterol, dietary cholesterol and a bunch of protein and start synthesizing more testosterone endogenously in the body. But if you want to follow that diet, you need to have a doctor that understands what you're doing because they're just going to freak out and try to put you on a statin drug. So statin drugs are terrible for your hormones, right? So if all of a sudden you just do this high protein, high dietary fat and dietary cholesterol diet to spike something like growth hormone or spike testosterone, then your testosterone goes up and you feel great and everything's awesome and then you do a blood test for cholesterol, your conventional doctor just gets like total cholesterol, HDL, LDL, doesn't measure any particle numbers, nothing, and just says, oh, now you need to put you on a statin drug and now you're way worse off than when you started with just the potentially low or average testosterone, now you're getting put in a statin drug, your muscles are gonna hurt, your sex drive is gonna go away, all sorts of stuff is gonna suck, right? So long story short, you can impact your testosterone levels, your estrogen levels, progesterone, all these things can be impacted by your dietary intake. But the second half of this question is really important. How do you know if you're producing more testosterone or estrogen? You don't. You can judge it by certain symptoms like fellas, uh, we're going to get weird here, ladies, but I can't count the number of times that we've talked about periods on AMAs and menstrual cycles. So this one is going to be for me and Mike and any other guys in here to laugh at. But a good test is morning wood. That's it. For real. Do you get morning wood? If you don't get morning wood, that could be something to be concerned about, but there is nuance here. So what will happen with some guys is if they're not getting morning wood, they might be getting it but they might be getting it at like 4 or 5 a.m., right? Or 6 a.m. Let's say you get up at 7 a.m. You might have had some legit morning wood at 5.30 in the morning and it was gone in whatever number of minutes it was there for and then you wake up at 7 a.m. and you don't have it and you're like, you know what, man? Like I cannot remember the last time in my life where I woke up with morning wood. Like I just can't remember it, right? And you might think that that's a bad thing, but this could be happening at a time where you don't recognize it happening. That's super common. So that, what I'm saying is that's not always reliable. So there are certain ways that you can tell. A lot of women can kind of tell where they're at in their menstrual cycle based on how they feel. Um, but is this reliable? No, not at all. So the single best way to know is to stick a needle in your arm with a legit phlebotomist and get yourself a hormone panel. Get a male hormone panel, female hormone panel, and figure out what's going on. The blood work does not lie. There are things like a Dutch test as well that you can do. Um, I, myself, I tend to just do blood work. Um, but yeah, anyway, the way to know if you're producing more testosterone and more estrogen is to measure your testosterone and estrogen levels, not just testosterone and estrogen. You want everything. You want your thyroid hormone. You want free T3. You want reverse T3. You want T4. You want your TSH. You want um, progesterone. You want estrogen. You want testosterone. All these things. You need to measure all of them. You need to do a full hormone panel because the other problem is if you just decide, I'm just going to take a bunch of HGH, or I'm just going to take a bunch of uh, testosterone, or I'm just going to take a bunch of DHEA, right? You need to know that there are upstream and downstream effects to all of those. One going up might mean another one plummets. That's why it's always best to not guess with hormones and just get the blood work done, okay? Just get the blood work done. That's very important. So that is how you know. All right, let's see what we got here for comments. Beef carpaccio, shaved palm, shaved palms on your approved foods list, bro. What have we talked about, Mike? <laughs> Just kidding, man. I'm busting your balls. Hola, Ana. What's up? Maybe I'll try a frozen liver. Yeah, try it. Uh, hit, is that a way? I would argue no, um, particularly if overdone. If you overtrain hit, you're going to have an opposite effect. Overtraining will always tank your testosterone. Overtraining will always tank your testosterone. I say that over and over and over to people. Overtraining will always tank your testosterone level. Always, okay? There are things like really heavy, low rep resistance training that would be much better for boosting testosterone. Um, fellas, if you want the ultimate hack, the fastest way to spike your testosterone through the roof is to get a new sexual partner. 
sorry if your wives are listening, but uh, science is science, everybody. I am, but a teacher of scientific things. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. But that's about the quickest way to get like an ungodly testosterone spike is to find a new sexual partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the universe is weird. Lisa, not doing the liver shots. Don't worry about it. You don't need to. That's why Paleo Valley makes organ capsules, right? And that's why I get you a deal on them with your Clovis discount. You can get organ capsules and get all the benefits of eating organs without actually eating organs. What's hormone replacement therapy? Is that necessary and why do people do that? Yeah, it's necessary for a lot of people. Again, um, the whole environment's working against you. Everything from your laundry detergent to your deodorant to your cologne to probably the shower coming out of your shower head because most municipal water has over 300 chemicals in it. All right, um, that's why I have a whole house filter. I have a ridiculously expensive refrigerator with its own charcoal filter built into it and blah, 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 blah. But hormone replacement therapy just means if you have super low testosterone or super low estrogen or whatever, this goes for males, females, um, you can supplement testosterone by injection, you can do creams, you can do uh, sublingual tablets, you can do pellets that are inserted in your body and they actually release testosterone slow drip style over six months. Um, HCG is another one that people do. Um, you can supplement any, any, there's bioidentical hormone replacement. That's the thing, everybody. Like I love ancestral nutrition. I love ancestral health and wellness. I think that's what we should optimize for and work towards. Right. But it's 2019. We have science like saying you can't take a modern day medication or supplement is like saying you can't use an iPhone. You're watching me on Facebook. Now, everybody I'm in Nashville. I don't know where the hell you are probably all over the world. And I'm, you're looking at me like I'm sitting in your living room. So let's not play the game of like, oh, all technology is bad. All synthetic supplements are bad. Everything's bad. I only eat what exists in nature. Ah, uh, nah. No, you don't. You're lying. You're full of shit, right? It's 2019. Most of what we have access to right now didn't exist in nature not long ago, particularly as we know it. Can anyone say Chiquita bananas, right? Didn't exist like that. So... Don't get freaked out about this stuff. The thing is, the we're not designed for this environment. We are designed for the Paleolithic era. As humans, we're designed. We're not designed for phones. I'm not designed for this microphone. I'm not designed for the air conditioning pumping through my house. I'm not designed for the paint on the walls. Probably has shit in, in it that's bad for me, right? So of course, our hormones are getting messed with every day. It's like the book Estrogeneration. If you hadn't, if you have not read Estrogeneration and you've been in Clovis for any period of time, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. You need to read the book Estrogeneration. Need to, need to, need to, need to, need to read the book Estrogeneration immediately. Immediately, everybody. Okay? Read Estrogeneration. It's very important. But anyway, um, yeah, hormones are hugely important. So what'll happen is particularly past age 40, I mean, testosterone's just in the toilet for guys. The average testosterone level over 40, I think, is like in the 200s, right? And ideally, you don't want just like good testosterone for a 40-year-old guy. You want the testosterone level of a 25-year-old guy when you're 40. When you're 60, you want the testosterone of a 25-year-old guy. If you're 60 and you're not on bioidentical testosterone replacement therapy, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're not optimizing your life. I will sure as shit be on injectable testosterone when I'm 60 years old. I promise you. I will be on it 100%. I have no problem with bioidentical hormone replacement. Now, bioidentical hormone replacement as a cure-all without adjusting your lifestyle is nonsense. You don't want to do that. It's just you're working against yourself. It's like a hamster wheel, right? If you're getting like great sleep, resistance training, eating Clovis, drinking plenty of water, getting electrolytes, like minimizing technology all throughout the day, minimizing stress, all these things, getting some meditation in, maybe some supplements here or there, whatever. If you're living the Clovis lifestyle and you want to supplement bioidentical uh, uh, hormones, hormone replacement therapy, dude, go for it. Females, go for it. Men, go for it. I have no problem with that at all. I just urge you to get a practitioner, a functional medicine medical doctor that understands endocrinology deeply and is not going to just give you one, just give you testosterone and not pay attention to what that does, the upstream and downstream effects. You really need to know the whole picture. You need someone who's going to look at the whole puzzle, not just one piece of the puzzle. Is it the same for women? I'm getting a boyfriend per coach Justin. I'm getting a boyfriend? Perch coat. Per Did I tell you to get a boyfriend? That doesn't seem like something I would ever say. <laughs> I don't recommend relationships, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, uh, moving on. Whoops. Uh, yeah, it's the same for women. Absolutely. You need to get a hormone panel done and you need to see if you need um, hormone replacement therapy, particularly if you're, at a particular, if you're at a certain age. If you're over 40 and you've been obese for decades, Get a hormone panel done and supplement some hormones to help you lose the body fat. Hormones run the show, right? 
Absolutely. The only reason why I don't tell young guys to supplement the shit out of testosterone is because if you do it for too long, you literally will become infertile because the body will stop pr pr producing its own testosterone. This is where things like HCG come into play, right? So if you're supplementing testosterone, you're doing injections of testosterone every other day, and you're a young guy, like, I mean, it would probably take 10 years of doing that for you to actually be infertile, but it might only take two years of doing that before you can't produce your own testosterone anymore, and now you're gonna be on testosterone for the rest of your life, or you're just gonna have really low testosterone and feel like crap. So there are there are consequences. There's no good, bad, right, or wrong. There are just consequences. Consequences for every at for every action. Okay, so that's super important. If you don't cycle on and off of hormone replacement therapy, your body's just gonna to wanna to stop producing testosterone. And if you never cycle off, you're probably gonna become infertile. But again, if you're 48 years old and you got four kids and you're tired of paying for college and you don't want kids anymore, or you had a vasectomy, right? Then you don't need to worry. Just supplement testosterone, feel amazing all the time. It's super cheap. It's, it's a cheap way to feel awesome and help you burn body fat and help you maintain muscle, which like, not enough skeletal muscle is like one of the primary factors of dying young, right? The amount of muscle that you keep on your frame becomes absolutely critical for injury prevention as you age and literally dying young. You fall down and break your hip because you got no muscle mass and then you starve to death and then your cats eat your eyelids because cats don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> All right, moving on. What do we got here? Okinawa, Japan. Yeah, man. I want to go there at some point. Different times, different stressors, different needs. Hormone pellets have been very successful for me in my old age. Yeah, that's awesome, right? Fantastic. Uh, I, I know a few guys that are doing the hormone pellets. Um, I've never done a hormone pellet. Um, I've totally injected testosterone before. Yeah, done deal. Um, hormone pellets, I don't know. I've never messed with that. So worth exploring, right? Jackie, I'm 100% designed for an island. Yes, I do love island life. It's crazy to think that like just three weeks ago, I was on a private island in Obajan. Oh, here's an interesting story. I don't think I told you this, um, but I was randomly on Obajan and in Croatia and I just went walking down to the beach and there was a whole bunch of naked Europeans there. And I was like, wow, these people are really naked. And I was just gonna jump in the ocean all by myself. That seems like a cool thing to do. But then there was all these naked people. So instead I jumped in the ocean with a bunch of naked Croatians, and it was way more fun than it would have been by myself. That's the end of my Croatia story, everybody. You're welcome. Moving on. Okay, Mike, anyone use LMNT Recharge? Yeah, I've used LMNT Recharge a ton. I took it with me to Croatia. I took like 60 packets of it with me to Croatia. Um, I travel with it all the time, just because I find it to be, it's, it's pricey to travel with, because when I travel, I have LMNT, um, they call it Element, but yeah, just Element uh, Recharge. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, it's expensive to travel with because my electrolyte need is quite high. I tend to have like at least five to seven grams of sodium a day. So that if I'm just getting it from that, I also travel with Redmond Sea Salt. So I get most of my electrolytes from Redmond Sea Salt, but I like that Element also has high levels of potassium and magnesium. So I'll take Element with me and I travel with it and it's wonderful because of the little single serving packets. It's fantastic, highly recommend it. What else we got here? Oh, the LOLs for all my naked European stories. Yes, Europe is fun. I found myself naked many times in Europe. I'm strange, but hey, such is life. What else we got here? Okay, um, oh, this one's interesting. I like this one, I wanna dive into this one. Question, my husband, not Clovis yet, overheard an AMA when you mentioned that you have familial hyper dot dot dot, he tells me that he has the same thing. What changes do you make to your macros due to this unique disorder? Thanks. Okay, so your husband probably doesn't have familial hypercholesterolemia. That is the word that you're looking for here. I know it's a tricky word. It's familial hypercholesterolemia. I do not have familial hypercholesterolemia. I have been told that I have familial hypercholesterolemia, and I have been told that by some of the top lipidologists in the world, and it's not true. Okay, so I don't have FH. The easiest way to say that is just FH. Uh, now keep in mind, I have literally flown all around this great country of ours getting ultrasounds on my arteries and getting all sorts of testing done and lipidology blood work done every three months for the last several years. I have gone deep down the rabbit hole of cholesterol and lipidology. Here's the thing. I don't think that your husband is FH 
and I don't think that I am FH. I think FH is quite rare. I think that we don't understand cholesterol at the level that we should, okay? So what I'm learning is we don't know a whole lot about cholesterol and risk factors. It's the same way I talked to Tina Anderson on the last podcast. We don't know a whole lot about the gut microbiome. We know like some basic things, right? We know next to nothing about cholesterol, particularly risk factors for cardiovascular disease and how that is impacted by cholesterol. So in my opinion, from everything I've learned, cardiovascular disease risk is comes from inflammation. A cardiac event cannot happen without inflammation. That said, a cardiac event also cannot happen without cholesterol. But I've used this analogy a million times now. If you see a house fire and there's a bunch of firefighters there, that doesn't mean firefighters cause the house fire, right? So if you look at every single house fire and say, there's firefighters at every single house fire, that must mean that firefighters cause all the house fires. No, that's a stupid way to look at things. Just because LDL particles are found at the scene of the crime, cardiac event, doesn't mean that LDL particle numbers cause the cardiac event. Inflammation was completely necessary. Now, I want to be clear, in the absence of inflammation, it is virtually impossible to have any kind of cardiac event. So your husband probably has high cholesterol according to mainstream medical standards. If he's Clovis, he might have slightly high cholesterol numbers according to mainstream medical, if he's eating a standard American diet and he's just saying, I don't have high cholesterol, I have familial hypercholesterolemia, so I can just keep eating burgers because there's nothing I can do about it, I'm just going to have FH, that's a cop-out, he's lying, he's full of crap, doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's Clovis and just has a slightly higher LDL, but if he's Clovis, then he would also have very high HDL and very low triglycerides, which takes me to the next point, which is what I actually am, which is called a lean mass hyperresponder. This is quite new. The research on this is quite new. Um, what a lean mass hyperresponder is, is somebody who switches to a low carbohydrate diet and sees a tremendous increase in LDL cholesterol. My LDL particle number is off the charts. Any conventional medicine doctor would try to put me on a statin like yesterday. The thing is, my total cholesterol is not bad. My HDL cholesterol is above optimal. It's amazing. My LDL particle number is very high. Total LDL, not so bad. Triglycerides, super low. Fantastic triglycerides. And my blood glucose is great. And my inflammation is virtually untraceable. I also have very low body fat percentage. Hence the word lean mass hyperresponder. So this is someone who has a very favorable body composition. Now the thing is, America has gotten so overweight that people can be just under 20% body fat and still be considered a lean mass hyperresponder. Below 20% body fat for a male is not lean. Let's not pretend if you are thinking that you're lean because you're sub 20%, no, 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 not as a dude. It's different for girls, for sure. It's different for females. But um, I would never consider a male at 18, 19% body fat to be lean, not in the slightest. Um, but yeah, so I would be what's considered a lean mass hyperresponder. So very low body fat, very high muscle composition. Most of my body weight is muscle. Um, and I seem to be a hyper responder to dietary cholesterol, meaning the more dietary cholesterol I take in, the higher my LDL number goes. Here's where it gets interesting, everybody. The plot thickens. Lean mass hyperresponders, in, in the extent that they have been studied, has been shown to be very beneficial for the long term and actually protective against essentially all-cause mortality. So this high LDL particle number can be super protective for things like Alzheimer's, dementia, and even um, cardiovascular disease itself. And on top of that, it can be protective against cancer. So wait a second, all these scary LDL particles that we've been told forever cause heart disease, quote unquote, might not be as bad as we thought they were. Not only that, they might be protective under the right circumstances, those circumstances being the circumstance of a lean mass hyper responder. So someone like myself, low body fat, high muscle mass, high LDL particle number, very high HDL, good cholesterol, very low triglycerides, extremely low inflammation. Like I tell you, my inflammation essentially doesn't even show up on blood work. My inflammation often measures lower than the actual reference range can measure. So in the absence of inflammation, I am at virtually zero risk of a cardiovascular event, and it seems that my high cholesterol numbers are actually protective. This is crazy. This is flipping the entire world of lipidology on its head. And we will see how this plays out over the course of the next 
you know, 5, 10, 15 years as science increases and studies are done on people that are lean mass hyper-responders. The issue is that most of the people that we study, subjects that have been studying nutrition science, are not like me. They're not lean mass people. Um, so we don't really know. So we got to do tests on different types of subjects that are super healthy and see what happens. But long story short, it's quite doubtful that your husband has FH. Um, it's more likely, at the risk of sounding like a dick here, it's more likely that your husband just has high cholesterol and wants to put a label on it so he doesn't really have to deal with the issue. Um, but if he's Clovis, that may be different. So I may be being an ass, assuming makes an ass of UME. Maybe I'm assuming, okay? Not sure. But anyway, just to answer the question, I don't think he has familial hypercholesterolemia. I don't think that I have familial hypercholesterolemia either. What else we got here? Is it possible for progesterone levels to be so low that even though your estrogen levels are good, your body behaves as though it's estrogen dominant? It's certainly possible, yes. Um, certainly possible, certainly plausible. I don't know a direct answer to that. Again, those two markers alone would not necessarily be enough to tell you. Um, if you're living in a state of estrogen dominance, right? Um, estrogen dominance can happen even with normal progesterone levels or normal testosterone levels, things like that. It's just like if you're getting pumped full of estrogen mimicking compounds, like we talk about this book, Estrogeneration, and these uh, phytoestrogens, all these estrogenic compounds that are in all these different chemicals and products and all these things, it's, it's quite reasonable to, to think that you could just be in an estrogen-dominant state all the time, even if some of your other hormone levels are normal, right? So... There's really no telling. There's really no telling what could happen here. But yeah, I think the comment that you make is totally plausible. Uh, what else we got here? Just make yours, mister, if it gets too expensive. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the uh, probably the, the electrolytes? Yeah. See, I just like um, convenience. So I am one of these people. I don't really care. I genuinely don't care about the price of things if it's convenience for me. So I'll give you an example. I was supposed to go play a gig in Georgia this weekend. I was supposed to go to Noonan, Georgia, which is also known as middle of nowhere, Georgia, um, over four hours away. So it would have been over four hours there. I would have had to set up, play the gig, stay in a hotel, drive over four hours back. And I was so upset about this eight hours being lost in the car that I can't work on Clovis that I literally called a professional driver and talked about hiring a professional driver to drive me to Atlanta so I could work on my laptop for that four hours and then work on those four hours coming back. But then I negotiated things, moved things around. I no longer have to go to Atlanta. That's awesome. I just found that out. So I don't, I'm not Atlanta, Noonan, Noonan, which is 40 minutes further than Atlanta. But anyway, yeah, for example, I will pay for convenience over just about anything else. That's like, if you read, read Remit Satie's book, um, I will teach you to be rich. Like I recommended, um, that's, that's like the one lever that I will always pay for time. Time is worth way more than me to all the money in the world. So, um, yeah, when I travel, I like to have single serving packets. I like to have single serving packets of electrolytes that I can tear open and throw in my water. I totally understand that I could pre-mix salt and the ingredients from element and get some no salt or get some cream of tartar or whatever I want for potassium and get some magnesium and I can mix it all together and blah, blah, blah. Sounds like a real pain to me. So I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take element with me. Sounds awesome. What do we got here? Jackie, it's an exciting time to be alive if you love nutrition science. New things every day. Yes, correct. So here's the thing. It's an exciting time to be alive if and only if you're not an asshole. <laughs> right? That's all there is to it. It's an exciting time to be alive for nutrition science if you're not an asshole. And you can literally just look at the screen and be like, I am genuinely telling you that I would be considered very, very knowledgeable in health and wellness. Very knowledgeable in biochemistry, very knowledgeable in nutrition, very knowledgeable in, in, in fitness, right? We're 77 weeks into these AMAs, and you guys keep coming back and keep listening. I did the calculation the other day. I've done over 890 custom nutrition plans. I know some shit, right, compared to the average Joe. The truth is, I know nothing, and I am quite certain that 10 to 20 years down the line, I'm going to be going, oh my God, 20 years ago, I said X. I can't believe I said that. New science has shown that that was complete and utter nonsense. I don't know how I'm even still alive right now, right? The same way that doctors not very long ago, like 60 years ago, used to smoke cigarettes in the office while treating their patients. 
Let me check your blood pressure, sir. Let me just smoke this camel while I check your blood pressure. Let me grab your balls. Now I'm going to keep smoking this cigarette. This is good. Oh, you have asthma? Why don't you try this? Here, take a puff. Take a drag of this, Mr. Johnson. Take a drag of the cigarette for your asthma. Right? These are true stories, everybody. They literally used to give cigarettes for asthma. So when you think about it, you just it's very exciting to be alive in a time like of nutrition science but for example there's these guys running around like lane norton like the ultimate fucking douchebag of the internet right that are just like evidence-based science evidence-based nutrition epidemiology (laughs) and they're so stuck in their ways and they just want to fight and be online digital trolls i can't stand it i wish that we could have real life fights over nutrition debates that'd be way easier to sort out right the alphas of the group I'd, i'd sign up for that all day right but it's just you have to be willing to just be like no i don't know what what we're talking about here i don't know i know nothing thing about the gut microbiome i'll tell you that like guys i did you you biome stool sample testing when you biome was a startup looking for funding nobody even knew what a microbiome test was i had a ketonics breath meter that i plugged in to a usb port i don't even know how many years ago this thing isn't even made anymore it's like looking at the first apple computer from 1970 whatever right it's this archaic thing that sometimes turned on sometimes didn't and i measure the acetone in my breath to see if i was in ketosis i was doing blood draws on my fingers when ketone strips were still eight dollars a piece there was no keto mojo back then right so i'm literally like taking stool samples measuring ketone levels i'm exploring nootropics i'm measuring them by the gram i'm taking racetams and paracetams and taking all these drugs and exploring mct oil to the point where i've literally lost complete control of bowel movements like because i've had too much mct like i've been at this for a long time you guys you have no idea what my body has been through right and i can tell you definitively that there is going to be a whole bunch of shit that i've told you that probably at some point is going to turn out to not be the best Thing to tell you, right? The beginning from the beginning of Clovis, I've been like, load up on leafy green vegetables, load up on leafy green vegetables. Then all of a sudden, we're talking about oxalates and people eating the carnivore diet and curing lupus. What? You see what I'm saying here? But the thing is, people get stuck. They get I know X. I lift heavy things and I go and I do a five day a week split and Monday's chest and biceps and Tuesday's back and triceps and I eat oatmeal every morning and I eat brown rice and I'm fat now and I just can't figure it out because I used to be jacked. Now I'm fat. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. (laughs) Right? And then now you're just a fat guy because you won't change your mind or you won't figure out cutting edge science, right? Like it's a beautiful time to be alive for nutrition science. That's a great comment, Jackie. Like it is a super exciting time to be alive if you're pumped about nutrition science, if you're pumped about biochemistry, if you're pumped about learning these things, right? But the thing is, the other thing that we're finding and untangling is we now live in the age of the internet, which means a lot of stuff is coming out of the woodworks, like the files that were found in Ansel Keys's basement on studies that he never published showing that fat is a superfood, right? All these things that were purposefully hidden. Everybody knows about the article of Uh, The sugar industry paying off scientists to say that fat causes heart disease instead of sugar causing heart disease. All these things are now out in the open. We know the food pyramid is nonsense. We know the Eat Lancet. Eat Lancet Global Dietary Guidelines came out. It took like 48 hours before every expert worth their weight came out and destroyed it. This is complete bullshit. This is Kraft and whoever else swooping in, Kellogg swooping in to give you nonsense information. So we now live in the age of the internet as well where all the bullshit is getting untangled. Right, We learn things a lot faster now. So it's a super exciting time, but we're also finding that the last three decades of textbooks in medical school are complete and utter nonsense. And literally less than 30% of all prescribed medicine is actually evidence-based. Less than 30%. You walk into a conventional medicine doctor's office, your primary care physician's office, and you get any treatment, you have above a 70% chance that the treatment you're getting has no scientific evidence backing it up whatsoever. That's a real statistic, everybody. So it's just this kind of funny thing, you know? (laughs) I don't know if that was very doom and gloom, but I mean, it's a super exciting time to be alive. I love it. New science coming out all the time, and um, we really don't know a whole lot, right? I know how to get people super healthy based on what I know now. But that's also going to change. Now, what I can promise you is that this attitude that I have is not going anywhere. This is never going to change, right? I am a musician who wanted to be healthier, who had a niece who was born terminally ill, 
broke my brain, broke my fucking heart, right? And I said, I got to figure some stuff out. This is crazy. And I set out and I figured things out and I'm proud of that, right? I started Clovis, guys. I built a world, this whole little world, right? I'd log on to Facebook every day and there's a whole little world going on, whether I'm there or not. You guys don't need me for Clovis to run, right? It, it does its own thing. It's unbelievable. But I'm always going to have this humility. I'm always going to have it because I'm a musician, guys. My bachelor's degree is in songwriting. You see what I mean? So it's like, to me, this is all just gravy. The fact that I have Clovis, the fact that I'm healthy and I have a health company and I get to use my own products and like help, help people, that's all a gift to me. So why am I going to sit here and be like, my way is the only way, right? This is an exciting time to be alive because... I started a company and invented a product in my kitchen and I can ship it all across the US inside of two days and I can do AMAs with you guys from my kitchen. What? Why would I be serious enough to be like, my name is Justin Nault. I am the number one health and wellness expert in the world. Everything I know is true. You should never question me. Everything I say is always accurate. And if somebody challenges me, well, they're a dummy. And I'm evidence-based. And I've done all the research. <laughs> right? I've done a lot of weird impressions this episode. But anyway, I mean, it's true. I mean, why am I going to get dogmatic about this stuff? I'm never going to be dogmatic. It's crazy. Right? All right. Let's look at some uh, comments. Bro, hire me as a personal chef. Chef, let's go. I'm telling you right now, if you guys uh, make Clovis super successful, a personal chef is going to be one of the first hires I do. I'm not even kidding. Like, definitely. A driver, a car with Wi-Fi. That's number one. A driver and a car with Wi-Fi. And then, well, personal assistant's probably number one. These are my choices. If I ever get rich, ladies and gentlemen, I will hire a personal assistant. I will hire a driver in a car that has Wi-Fi. And I'll hire a personal chef. And that's it. And I'll never do laundry again. I hate laundry. I don't hate laundry. I hate folding and putting away laundry that's it little tidbit about justin all right let's hit some of these comments then we'll wrap it up for the night what do we got here i try hard not to be yes jackie that is big and that's that's a that's a big thing for me too because sometimes i giggle jackie you and i have talked about this a lot uh, personally but like sometimes i look at the groups and some people get awfully saucy and awfully pushy about their opinions and trying to no this is not allowed on Clovis. How dare you? You left a comment that's kind of wrong about Clovis. Rah! I'm like, listen, yo, if I'm not yelling at people, you don't get to fucking yell about people at people about my protocol that I created. Okay? You, no. no. No, 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 You don't get to do that. This stuff drives me nuts. You don't get to be mean to other people because they slipped up and got something wrong. Right? Somebody posts a food that's not approved in Clovis Academy, and all these Clovis people want to jump on there. This isn't approved. <laughs> Congratulations. Don't be a dick, right? What are we doing here? I invented the protocol. Why am I not mad at them and you are? Ego check, everybody, right? It's super, super important to not get stuck in your ways either. Don't run around being a dogmatic Clovis asshole and making me look bad because that's not how I live, live my life, you know? We're trying to bring people into the fold and help them. We're not trying to prove that we're right. We're trying to help others, if you truly adopt a Clovis lifestyle, you are living in service of others. That's just the way that it goes. I spend the vast majority of my waking hours in the service of others. And that is not a humble brag. That's just the fucking facts, right? I choose to live my life that way. I love it. I love this work, okay? So it's a journey. The, the, the goal is never perfection. The goal is always improvement, never perfection. We help people improve. We help people become the best version of themselves. That's it, okay? No dogma. No dogma from the Clovis end either. Okay? All right. Jackie, on it. You can be the getaway driver. Yeah. What, what would be awesome is if I could just hire Clovis OGs for everything. If I could just hire like a Clovis OG personal assistant, Clovis OG personal chef, Clovis OG personal driver, and then you could, it'd be awesome. You just hang out and listen to all my video consults and learn a whole bunch. Be like, oh man, Justin talked to that one person that was a type 2 diabetic. That was crazy. All that information. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Laura, hate laundry. Laundry haters unite. I hate laundry. <laughs> I never do it. I don't know why I'm saying I hate it. I never do it. Uh, I haven't cleaned my own house in a very long time. Uh, now my house can be an Airbnb. So actually, if you guys are, are ever in Nashville, just let me know. You can stay in my house and I won't be here. Literally. I made my own house that I live in. I turned the whole thing into an Airbnb. I'm going to rent this whole thing out because I was like, my cost of living is really low right now, but it could be... Not only zero, but profitable. 
meaning that I just don't have to work and my house will just pay me money. So I was like, cool, I'll just stay with friends, stay with family when my house is rented out. It's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. Anyway, I'm not an OG, but I wanna apply for personal assistant. Yes, awesome, shoot me a message, we can talk about it. I definitely need a personal assistant in a very serious way. And what's crazy is I don't even need a personal assistant for Clovis. I need a, a legit personal assistant like for all the normal people stuff because I don't remember anything that's not associated with Clovis. I remember nothing. I don't remember, I mean, I, the list is just endless. I forget anything and everything that's not related to my business. It's really bad. Need a personal assistant. With that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been AMA number 77. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all the comments. Love the idea of helping others for a living. Yes. I don't know why you need a chef for ribeyes, but most of us can handle that. You would think I wouldn't need a chef for ribeyes, but I had a contractor here today that was installing the new interconnected um, wireless smoke detector system for the Airbnb. And he got to witness what happens when I cook. And what happens when I cook, this is actually what happens, I literally feel like an Alzheimer's patient, is I'll go, I'm going to heat up my cast iron so that I can cook some stuff. And then I'll go turn on the, the burner. I'm like, well, that burner is going to assuredly take like, you know, a minute to warm up. So I should go back into email or talking to clients or recording a podcast or whatever. And all of a sudden, the new interconnected smoke alarm system is going off. All six of the smoke detectors at once are going off. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I came out and he was like, yeah, did you turn on the stove with a pan and then leave it on? And I was like, yes, I'm sorry that you had to work in my house and inhale a bunch of terrible smoke because I'm apparently a 90 years old, 90 year old Alzheimer's patient and I am not suited to live by myself. Thank you for being here and thank you for putting in a new smoke alarm system so I didn't die just then. That would be awesome. I've had the firefighters come to my house because I have put bacon under the broiler and lit the entire oven on fire only to try to open the oven door and have flames shoot out me five feet into the air. Um, yeah, so that was fun. I had to call the fire department for cooking bacon. Um, yeah, guys, I'm not nearly as smart as you think I am. <laughs> I'm telling you, if it's not Clovis, I don't pay attention. And I'm really good at playing music. That's it. Those are two things, right? What else we got? I don't know why. Oh, okay, got that one. Got that one. Greetings from South Africa. What's up, Robert? That's awesome, man. South Africa. I want to go there. Oh, bud. I know. This is my life. <laughs> crazy. But hey, Clovis is always running well, right? Clovis is like a well-oiled machine. I don't, my cast iron pan's been burnt a whole bunch of times. It's like the fourth one that I've gone through, actually. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's it. AMA number 77. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Anybody have any last-minute questions? If not, I'm going to uh, get out of this one. My sauna is preheating, which is totally safe. Don't worry. You can leave the sauna on and nothing bad happens. It doesn't generate any smoke or anything. The sauna is just on. It's out there. I'm not going to die from the sauna. Trust me. That's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's been a great day. Great work day. Thank you guys for uh, coming here for AMA number 77. Thank you for all the questions. Um, yeah, I'm just super grateful all the time. I really am. I love this life. I am I am living my best life because you guys let me do that with Clovis. And I promise you there's really exciting stuff coming on the back end um, of what I'm doing right now behind the scenes. I don't even know how many projects are going on at once. I'm literally losing count. And it looks like they're all going to pop like right around the same time. So I'm just going to launch a bunch of really cool Clovis stuff to you. Um, all pretty much at the same time. It's going to be really, really cool. So thank you guys. You're awesome. AMA number 77. If you guys want to work with me, you totally should. Um, go to IamClovis.com slash start. IamClovis.com slash start. Get yourself a custom nutrition plan because that's a great idea. IamClovis.com slash start. And there's going to be a new program coming out for Clovis quite soon. Jackie knows what's up. Um, yeah, that's going to be cool. That's like right on the brink of happening. So lots of stuff, exciting stuff. Stay tuned. New eBooks, new podcasts, new programs, all the things. I love you guys. In case you missed it, we'll be uh, this Friday as always. And uh, if you have any questions in the meantime, you know where to find me. Sign up for a plan if you don't already have one. Hit up the uh, groups. Also, uh, I have a new partnership that I'm working on with an actual lab draw clinic. So it looks like as a member of I Am Clovis, I'm going to be able to get you discounts on blood work. Blood work that you can buy out of pocket that you don't actually need a doctor for. Um, so very cool. We can talk about that. Anyway, amen number 77. I'm Justin. I'm rambling. Let's get out of here before I take up your whole night. I love you guys. Turn off the screens. Get some good quality deep sleep. I will talk to you tomorrow in the Facebook groups. All right. Good night. Bye. Oh, I got a good thing somewhere, somewhere. But I closed my eyes and lost my
Something, something out there, out there, but I waited way too long. 